Uh, all right, so welcome to the Podsky Wee Wee Instant Reactions post-game show. Uh, the Ticats blow a 24-point lead to the Calgary Stampeders. That was a tough one to watch. It was really a tale of two halves. Um, now, Josh isn't here tonight. He had uh, prior engagements, but we have a fill-in for, for the show today. Troy from the Eden Marah podcast. Uh, thanks for being here today, Troy. No problem, Mike. What did we just watch? That was a tough one, buddy. I mean, they come out so strong in that first half. Um, I thought the play calling was excellent from Tommy Condell. I thought, you know, he played to the O-line's deficiencies um, with, uh, you know, quick passes, some screen passes and all that good stuff. So they came out flying. Uh, You must have been pretty impressed with that start. Yeah, definitely. I Well, Dane Evans had was 21 of 26 for over 300 yards or, or almost 300 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. And as you mentioned, they're up 24 to three. Like there's not really much you can complain about from the first half. The offensive line, they they really held up. I, obviously, as you mentioned, Tommy Condell was uh, resorting a little bit more to the short passes, but they were obviously much, much better than they were last week against uh, against Saskatchewan. But yeah, that, that second half, I just... I, I I don't even I don't even know what to say. It's just yeah. uh, that was yeah. that was a that was a crazy and it's funny too, like I was watching the game and when they went for it on third and two in the third quarter, I was like, Why are we not kicking a field goal to go up by three touchdowns and then obviously the field goal and I was like, That might come back to hurt us and obviously Calgary goes down the field and scores a touchdown and gets back into the game. But um Yeah, that might have been the turning point in the game really like and I'm you know, I'm one to not bag on Steinhauer, but I, sometimes I wish he would go for it more often. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, you know, third and two I think you said they could go up by three possessions if they get the field goal. I think you got to take that field goal or at least not do a plunge. You know what I mean? A quarterback sneak um, from 32. I think third and one and less is, is good for that situation, but um, two yards is pushing it, I think. So I think that was a, that was a bad decision on his part. Yeah, definitely. I understand why he made the call. The defense yep. was playing really well. Everything was going right for them. If they get the first down and score a touchdown, the game is over. But And then another... So do you think, uh, let me ask you this question, Mike, do you think the turning point of the game was that third and two, or do you think it was the series right before that when Dane, I have no idea what he was looking at, but he throws to Braylon Addison right? and it was an interception. And that also took points off the board. Like there's at least two field goals right there, six points um, that Hamilton should have and could have had that they didn't because I thought they got a little too greedy on both. Yeah, you know, those are both two huge uh, swings of momentum. And I'm I'm with you on that. Dane Evans, like, don't get me wrong, Dave Evans had a, a career game, really, statistically. 425 yards, three touchdown passes. But that was a bad interception in the end zone. And then he has the fumble on the, on the QB sneak. Um, so a great first half. And I thought they moved the ball really well in the second half as you know, um, into field goal range, into the red zone territory, but then they just screwed it up. So I thought they moved the ball well in the second half. They just didn't put up points. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. Again, yeah, um, they moved it pretty well. There wasn't, I, I can't recall many two and outs um, that they dealt with, I guess, or second and longs even. A lot of it I thought was second and short, second and medium, and a lot of the times they converted. Yeah, to be like it's funny that we're talking about this. Like there is obviously blowing the lead that is 
that is horrendous. You cannot have that happen, uh, especially a defense of Hamilton's caliber. That that should not be happening. But um, there there are a lot of positives, which sounds really funny when you blow a big lead like that to take away from this game. As you mentioned, Dane Evans played really well. Um, again, turnovers are an issue, uh, but those are things that they can clean up, right? Um, but yeah, they, they obviously didn't take care of the ball well enough and uh it well that cost them the game in in right. my opinion so it, now, do you, uh, you know the trend in this um in this defense the last couple of years kind of fall apart near the end of games because i and i'm not blaming the defense on this one i mean they they, they played all of a game and the turnovers really hurt but it seems that there's a trend of you know giving up points near the end of the games to uh give it away yeah, for sure. Mark Washington, I I would agree with you that he he seems like he gets a little too conservative when they get up uh, late in games, and he he's playing, I guess, in my opinion, not to blow the lead instead of going mm-hmm. out there and trying to win the game. Right? He went to me. He went away from what got them to that point of today's game where they were up by. Uh, 24 points at one point and he went away from that and was playing more zone coverage and kind of backing guys off and just letting Calgary kind of move the ball down the field where it was Bo took his shots there was the one deep pass I think to Kamar Jordan that you obviously you'll live with those I guess it was good coverage and Jordan just made a great play but I do find that when Hamilton is up he tends to become a little more conservative and will either send the house leaving def- like defenders in one-on-one coverage or he'll just play zone. And yeah. it, it's, it's kind of confusing to me. Uh, I would think like his mindset usually is to be an aggressive, like an aggressive play caller and make plays to make the other team's quarterback uncomfortable. And it seemed like that he went away from that tonight. That's, that's how I feel. Um, yeah. But yeah, it uh, yeah, just just kind of fell apart there for us. Kind of fell yeah. apart there for us. So I mean, you can tell in the numbers, Bolia by Mitchell, I think had well under fifty yards passing going into the second half, and ended up with three hundred and thirteen yards passing and two touchdowns. So um, you know they had their way with them in the second half. Uh, the the Calgary Stampeders offense. So, um, but the, but like you said, there is some bright spots to take away from this game. Uh, I like the way the offense looked like we talked about the second half offense didn't put up the points, but they put up the yards. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that, you know, is kind of disappointing again is the rushing attack. Now, obviously that is hindered by Don Jackson, not being in the lineup, but um, I think our leading rusher was Dan Evans with 22 yards rushing. So I think that needs to to pick up in, uh, in, in uh, future games, right? Yeah, for sure. As you and Josh mentioned on your last podcast, he is a disciple of Kent Austin, right? So yeah. I, I kind of understand it a little bit more tonight, uh, Don Jackson not being in the lineup. I assume due to ratio issues, he was hampered a little bit this past week in practice with a bit of an injury, but I think it mostly came down to ratio because they were missing a couple of Canadians along the offensive line. But yeah, I I thought that again. Yeah, they they had what like I without looking at the numbers. I think they had like six different rushers: Evans, Erlington, Tim, and Poppy White, Braylon Addison, 
um, Matthew Schultz, like I, I guess he's doing it kind of by committee. But yeah, that's what we kind of did last year too, right? You'd see a yeah. lot of those. They even had Braylon Addison like in the backfield as a running back on a couple plays. So, which yeah. he, you know, he's pretty effective. You give the ball. Uh, Braylon Addison can pretty do uh, pretty much do anything um, given the opportunity, right? But another another positive uh, note was Tim White. You know, I thought last week's game he didn't perform that well. Nobody really did in the receiving core. They didn't have the the chance to, but he had 11 receptions for 131 yards and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. um, he's a future in the he's a star in the game. for sure, man. That catch he made for his touchdown, I oh, I was beautiful. that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, and, and as you said, like. Obviously, week one, um, people who don't like follow me or talk to me during Ticat games, like I, I am a person that will definitely overreact to one game. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm with you, bud. And he, uh, last week, he has the drop season. I'm going, oh my God, is he going to go through the uh, sophomore slump where we, we think this guy's a fantastic player long term for the Ticats like a Brian Timms and then is out of the league right. in one year obviously Tim White did it over the course of a 14 game season and proved it wasn't just like a game or two like Timms but yeah he he had some drops last week and I was like oh man is this guy is this guy who we who we think he is or is he something completely different and he thankfully uh proved us to us that the guy who we saw last year was the same guy that we we thought he was so yeah definitely definitely happy to see him play well Braylon Addison I thought had another pretty solid game uh Dunbar when he got in there I thought was pretty solid as well and um yeah, I mean, when your quarterback throws for over 400 yards, your receivers were were getting open as well. So, it, uh, yeah, it's tough, man. Like, we're looking uh, at the Ticats facing an 0-3 start here. Winnipeg next week on the schedule. And um, they got they got to make some hay. But it, there were a lot of positives to take from this game, as you said. And mm-hmm. as we as we've mentioned, and um, yeah, you just you just I guess you, if you're a Ticat fan, you got to take those positives and try and move forward and be like, okay, these are the things they did well. Um, turnovers, I think, are a thing that can be cleaned up, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you just you just you just gotta block out the fact that they blew a 24 point lead and try and look at the positives, or else you're gonna drive yourself crazy like Mike and I would. <laughs> Yes, exactly. But, you know, another worry that was coming into the season was the the field goal kicking. And I thought Domagala, I mean, he was perfect on the night, three for three mm-hmm. along at 39 yards. He's been pretty good this season so far. So that's kind of a relief. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, that 52-yarder last week against Saskatchewan, I, he kind of put a little bit of, um, like, eased my – worry about him a little bit even just with that one kick obviously he doinked the other one off the crossbar there but yeah i mean people have been jumped on jumping on him and i was in that category last year he missed that extra point against toronto that cost hamilton the tie i guess to go to overtime and but people also got to remember like he has under 20 professional kicks in the cfl like there are very few kickers lewis ward is probably the only one that i can think of off the top of my head i guess maybe rene paredes as well who start their career and are basically perfect the entirety of it right 
Um, Michael mm-hmm. Domagala, I think, has proven that Tycat fans should maybe give him a bit of a longer leash. He's he's made all the kicks except the one that hit the crossbar, and that one was um, or the upright. I guess we aren't, we aren't playing uh, European soccer, but yeah, like other than that one. And going back to playoffs, even like he was perfect in playoffs as well. So he's missed like one of his last like 13 or 14 kicks. And um, I understand people are concerned because of that extra point miss. But again, it's a very small sample size to be jumping all over them. And for example, we had a kicker, Liram Hirolahu, who I thought really struggled in 2018 and came back in 2019 and I thought was one of the best kickers in the CFL. So you you take a year and give the guy a year to actually train, give him a full year where it's not, are we going to play? And then a month before the season starts, they're going, okay, like training camp starts next week type of thing. And like, let him, let's see what he's got. And as you said, like he's perfect tonight. I don't think anyone has really any complaints about about his field goal kicking tonight, and uh, hopefully he silenced a couple of the doubters uh, this so far uh, early in the season with his performance. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Troy. You know, I was a little bit hard on him last year, uh, maybe going into the season this year, but he's proven that he can he can get the job done. And you know, Ponzi Wiwi is notorious for being hard on kickers. I mean, we wouldn't even call Liram by his name at one point. We just called him the kicker because we were so disappointed with him at times. But mm-hmm. he proved he proved us wrong there. So um, he's still bouncing around in the NFL. Maybe one day he'll come back. But uh, for the time being, you know, it, it's going to be all right. I think Domagal is doing a pretty decent job. Now, I just want to touch on the offensive line real quick because I, I, I'm pretty sure you know I'm, I'm obsessed with the offensive line. Yes, but, I'm well you know, aware. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there was some changes along the offensive line. Um, you know, left tackle, you got a guy like Riley starting his first game in the CFL, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, an American guy, a left tackle, uh, Revenberg, a left guard, Gibbon as center. Vorn call moves to right guard in this game and Van, Van Zyl, obviously a right tackle, but um, you know, I, I thought they did pretty well tonight. You know, I, anything looks great after giving up eight sacks the previous, the previous game. But um, you know, I was pretty damn concerned about the shuffling that was going on, but I thought they performed pretty well. And obviously we talked about it earlier with Tommy Condell helping them out with, with the play calling, but overall, I mean, uh, pretty good protection for Dane. For sure. Yeah. As you mentioned, anything looks better than eight sacks. And it doesn't take a genius to know that they were going to have a much better effort tonight uh, than last week, even if they would have only given up seven sacks, which thank God they didn't. It uh, was a much better effort. But yeah, the fact that you had um, a rookie left tackle, you moved a guy in Born Call who... Uh, Coach O said he's only played a little bit of guard in the NFL, like in practice and all that. So that's a kind of a new position for him as well. Um, they fared they fared quite well, I thought, against a pretty solid Stampeders defensive line. Uh, Mike Rose, uh, Sean Lemon can still get after the quarterback. And um, yeah, it, w- it was not a matter of Dane not having any time in the pocket to to make decisions. That's obviously not yeah. the reason why Hamilton lost the game tonight. And no. uh, it, um, it, it does give me a bit of positivity moving forward that, okay, like maybe we have something here. Like obviously it's one game, small sample size, but uh, 
I don't, again, we are, they are playing Winnipeg next week, Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat. So I guess we'll see how they fare against those two fellas. But yeah, um, yeah it, it did give me a bit of optimism and hope that, okay, maybe the offensive line isn't going to be as bad as it looked last week. Because again, I'm a king of overreactions. I was like, oh God, the the team's not going to be able to, the offensive line's not going to be able to block. Uh, Dane's going to get hurt type of thing. And it's going to be a very long season. And obviously, as you said, Tommy Condell with the play calling helped out a lot, a lot of short passes and where they weren't having to hold their blocks for long periods of time was just kind of Dane drop back, make quick throw. But um, yeah, it was a very obvious improvement from last week. Uh, I do, I do want to, I did want to ask you about um, Tandeya Adelike. I thought this oh. was one of his better games as a tie catch. What, what were you seeing from him? Uh, he was all over the place, man. I mean, he had that big hit um, earlier in the game that um, you know I think it injured one of the Stampeder players, which is unfortunate. But it's a clean hit. You know, he's flying in. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league. He's just so fast out there. He can deliver such vicious hits and clean hits at that, you know, knock the ball loose. He had another occasion where he made another another great play to break up. Um, I think it was a second down conversion. Um, so I thought, yeah, he he was, you know, he might be up there for like player of the game from the Pazzi Wee account. So he he played tremendously. You obviously thought so as well. Yes, yeah, for sure. As I said, I thought it was one of his best games as a tie cat. And um, you mentioned you think he's one of the best safeties in the league. I'm obviously biased, but I think he is the best safety. Um, yeah. Either he or Brandon Alexander from Winnipeg. But Hyundai, man, like, and, and I think you could make an argument that he's maybe the best Canadian in the CFL as well. Yeah. Um, just the things he does, like, as you said, he's so fast and he's like so good in coverage. And uh, what we saw last year in the playoffs, too, he's super versatile, right? You can put him anywhere at any of the DB spots or even at Sam linebacker if you need to, and he can fill in admirably, and it doesn't look like uh, the he's sticking out like a sore thumb. So, um, yeah, props props to him um, on, again, I thought it was a really good game, man, that hit. And uh, I forget who it was off the Stampeders that uh, – that tried to pick up what was the running back's name? Um, it's Peyton. I can't. Yeah, I can't, I can't yeah, recall. I, yeah, I can't think of his last name. And you could see he was like in distress. Uh, yeah. or in duress. I, I, I can't. I can't think of that word either. But um, and his teammate comes over and like tries to pick him up. I'm like, no. I'm like, don't don't be doing that. Like, yeah, that was yeah, like, he's leaving. That, yeah, that was that was my first reaction. But now the, you know we talk about Adele K. I thought the secondary was amazing. Um, you know, linebackers played well. Do you have any concerns with the defensive line? Um, you know, obviously they're the great in the interior, stopping the run. Uh, do you have any concerns about the outsides, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback? Um, a little bit, yes. Uh, Ja'Garrett Davis, uh, that obviously, that hole looms very large. Carney and Hauser have gotten there in spurts, but it seems as yeah. if they're kind of relying mostly on the interior uh, defensive linemen and not having Dylan win tonight. I thought Lee Autry played pretty well tonight, but obviously um, missing win was a huge loss especially tonight i think and um yeah i have a bit of concern about it but it is only week two uh, i thought last last year they were kind of slow to start and then really picked up i, I thought as the year 
went along. But um, so I guess I'll give it as Josh as Josh likes to say, I'll give it till like week four or five before I start to really make judgment calls on it. What, what about you? Do you concerns? Well, I'm a little, little concerned about like you know the pass rush. I think that we need to get more pre- uh, pressure on the quarterback. But but I'm, but I'm with you guys. You know, it's only week two. Um, I think Julian Hauser is an all star in the making, um, and, and I'm high on Carney and and Bennett as well. So um, I think they'll write the ship. I think they'll they'll end up getting pressure on the quarterback as we go along here. But other than that, you know, is there anything else you'd like to touch on uh, with this disappointing loss to the Stampeders? I was just thinking, I was like, man, it's kind of funny that I have to remind myself that it it was a loss because there were so many things I thought that went right for Hamilton that this, like, I, I, I don't know. This game should not, obviously should not have been a loss. And even, even like, isn't it typical Hamilton Calgary game? Like that the Ticats should win it, but then those dirty Stampeders find a way to squeeze it out it just seems to happen to us over the years against them absolutely yeah the game where trey roberson 2019 blocks the game-winning yeah. field goal yeah the rocket um, up his ass yeah yeah and then 2017 is the other one that sticks out in my mind too hamilton makes a comeback and uh ties the game late there's only about like 15 seconds left and both throws up a prayer and courtney steven takes a like 50 yard pass interference penalty and Calgary lines up and gets mm-hmm. the game-winning field goal. Yeah, it's just I don't know what it is about the Stampeders, man. Like even with the couple wins the last few years um, at home, they're, they're still like that, where the Ticats just can't seem to get over over the Stampeder hump. And like, there's not even really to me a point where yeah there were the couple turnovers which i thought cost hamilton the game but there was never really a point where i felt like oh my god hamilton is full on collapsing right now you know no, like no. They, they, yeah like they were still as you mentioned they're still moving the ball uh, got into field goal range went up and i thought the defense like obviously third and two uh you'd like a stop there to end the game but it it is Bo Levi Mitchell and he is one of the masters regardless of how his shoulders feeling or how his body's feeling or how he's played the last couple of years he is one of the masters of coming back um for game winning drives so yeah. it uh yeah it's it's just frustrating man like as i said it we've had a lot of positives to talk to to uh, talk about tonight and i guess that's the only thing i'm going to try and cling to heading into next week is that they scored 30 points um, they should have won. And Dane Evans looked great tonight. Tim White looked great tonight. Defense was pretty solid. Um, you just play calling just gotta, was great. Play calling was fantastic. I thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Last week, I thought Tommy Condell's play calling was brutal, and he did a complete one eighty tonight. And as, yep. as you said, I thought he called a great game. And um, yeah, I guess you just gotta try and take this one as the one in a million results that could happen and uh hopefully we see more of what we saw tonight regardless of the comeback by calgary because i think if dane evans and the offense plays like they did tonight and the defense how they played for the most part um if we get that kind of result moving forward and the remainder of the year for the majority of the games i think hamilton again is still going to win a lot of football games um playing that way but uh yeah tonight tonight was a weird one and uh full 
full marks to Calgary. Uh, the second half that they played, they totally deserved and earned it. But um, yeah, it's it's tough for sure to uh, kind of wrap my head around what we just watched. Yeah, you know, we have Winnipeg next week. Um, you know, Winnipeg's 2-0. and They won two games against Ottawa so far, but they didn't look as strong as they had last year, I didn't think, especially offensively. Um, you know, I didn't think Andrew Harris would affect their offense that much, but it looks like it might be um, a bit. So the running game isn't as strong as it used to be. I don't think they're as strong as they used to be. And Hamilton's going to be hungry, really hungry, going into this game against Winnipeg. You know, they have a bitter taste in their mouths from the last two Grey Cups. They lose the first two games of the season. So um, I'm hoping they come in there strong and uh, win big because uh, they really need it right now. They can't. I, they just. It's going to be tough starting 0 and 3. But uh, just to put a recap on uh, what happened tonight, the Ticats blow a 24-point lead. They end up losing 33-30 to to the Calgary Stampeders and now are 0-2 on the season. Uh, I want to give my thanks to Troy for joining me tonight. Um, uh, throw out any plugs you want from the Eden Raw podcast or, or your own Twitter or anything like that. Let the yeah, people know. For sure, yeah. So this is my personal account. This is where I usually tweet about the cats um at troy durrell d-u-r-r-e-l-l and then i also have kind of a more business like page where i'll just kind of tweet from a more neutral standpoint which is durrell troy so same spelling d-u-r-r-e-l-l just my name's backwards and then as you mentioned mike i am part of the eat and raw podcast uh we you can find us on spotify or on the little podcast app that if you have an iPhone. And uh, our social media accounts are at Eatin'em Raw on both Instagram and Twitter. Those are where we are uh, predominantly found. So um, one, one more point I want to make to you, Mike, is thankfully the rest of the East is, other than I guess Toronto, is as bad as Hamilton, as Ottawa and Montreal is both 0-2. So losing tonight, I guess, is not the end of the world. But I, I was hoping after these this first four games playing Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Winnipeg, and then obviously Edmonton on Canada Day, my hope was Hamilton would be two and two. Um, watch watch the football gods, man. Watch them tonight. They took one away from us, and then watch the football gods next week give one to to Hamilton and Winnipeg, and then hopefully they can uh, beat the Elks because if they are anything like they were in Week One, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can put put the hammer down on those guys as well. Yeah, I'm hoping so too, buddy. You know, two and two would be um, a lot better than one and three or zero oh and four. You know, God forbid, but. Uh... We'll see. It was it was a it was a blast talking to you, man, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk uh, soon. Yeah, it's good. Anytime you need a fill in, uh, definitely hit me up. I'm always ready to hit tie or talk tie cat football. And anyone who decides to listen to this, if you want to tweet at me or hit me up in the DMs just to talk about football, definitely do that. I'm always always down um, and always available to do so. Awesome, buddy. I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw. And I'm Troy Durrell. Maybe eat them raw.